0: Ladies and gentlemen, hello, and welcome back to Next Gen Dems. We are sitting here with Rasheen Aldrich. What's up, brother? And, and, and what's going on, man? It, it's been a while. It's been a minute. And it's been a while since I've done this show. It's been a while since you've had an opportunity to do a podcast, and uh, we're making sure that the message gets out there, making sure that the words are heard, and uh, we want to talk definitely about your story. Before we get into the, the whole interview aspect, we are live. You're... Tilted and sideways just to let you know, yeah. there you go, there you go. You could do the flip thing and do it on the other side, I think. Yeah, all right, all right. Oh, it's a little we, at the bottom. To look. We are, I think it's a second one. We are live and in living color here at the Missouri Democratic Party office here on 33, 32 uh, North 19th Street. Yep, yep. Um, and this is Next Gen Dems. You can find us on iTunes, you can find us on, on YouTube, you can find us on Facebook, all over Facebook and, and the Twitterverse. Um, and we haven't done a show in quite some time, about two and a half months or so, and we're here for a big return show, and I'm glad to have you on, man. So we're going to get right into you. Um, what brought you into this world? Where where did you start from? How did you get here? And... and uh, tell us a little bit about the, the life story and the uh, opening few chapters of the Book of <laughs> Uh Well, first off, I'm glad to be here.
1: I've uh, seen you just not too long ago at the uh, St. Charles Progressive Democrats. so good to see you again. Glad to be on Next NextGen. Um, so a little a little bit about me, how I've gotten to this work and to uh, trying to change the world in 80 days like we all are, especially under this administration, it seems like in 10 days. Um, but so actually when I was, uh, inside my mom, I'm um, always, uh, tell people some way, somehow I was going to be active just the way I was inside of her. So, uh, when I was inside of her, I laid uh, on my right leg. So I didn't get proper blood flow to my right leg. So what ultimately ended up happening is my right leg grew shorter than my left leg. Um, so that made me have to, when I came out, I was coming out, butt first, so, telling the world I already, kiss my butt, I'm gonna be a rebel rouser and you know, just get <laughs> ready for it. Um, I came out butt, I was trying to come out butt first, I had to get a C section. Um, but what ended up happening, since I didn't get that proper blood flow, uh, my right leg didn't keep up with my left leg and it grew shorter. So, they end up turning the foot around backwards to play as a knee uh, to bend and kick. So, on my right side, I got a full length prosthetic. And my real leg is inside of, and it stops about a little below, like a little below my um, knee on my left side, above my shin. Um, and when I take my leg off, I hop around the house all the time, so I'm never not uh, not being active. Um, But I think what it was for me at an early age was...
0: But wait, wait, but that doesn't stop you now. We're going to get back into it, but that doesn't stop you now from getting active, being an activist, being an active member of the party to the point where you're running this office. So so, uh, kudos to you, absolutely, for that. That just goes to show that regardless of uh, any... I don't even want to say disability, man, mm-hmm. because there is no way that anybody could have known mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, Funny and, thing and is,
1: it's, it's people that I know actually for years that, or even months that I'll, I'll meet and they, they'll probably see me with a limp. They're like, oh, I just thought you had, you know, I thought you just had like a bum knee or something. And then like months gone, on and they're like, you're still limping. What's going on? So it's like you say, folks, you know, don't know. And also I'm. I'm the type, you know, I'm not like super religious or anything, but I do know that, you know, my situation is fairly better than, you know, my other brothers and sisters that um, have issues with, uh, you know, if it's prosthetics on their arms or uh, legs or in wheelchairs that, you know, I can get around pretty well. That didn't stop me in Ferguson marching literally all night until my leg gave out on me and I had to get a new prosthetic. But that's a different story, but... Uh, no,
0: that's this story. Let's talk about that, man. I mean, you, you went from uh, overcoming that to to moving into the world of activism. Yeah. Um, how did you make that leap? What, what brought you to that? Um, who were some of the people that really inspired you in order to make that leap?
1: It was uh, at an early age, it was like these special lenses I had on. So I went to Parkway, but I lived in the city. So if, all the way from kindergarten to 12th grade, I would go to the Parkway School District and have to commute 30 miles out, wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. But it, w- it was something about— Rough. Uh, yeah, it was, it, was, <laughs> it was terrible. But now I'm just used to, like, being up early. Uh, but from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade, it is a process. But it was something about, you know, eventually once I got old enough to kind of realize that something wasn't right, when I would be in my own neighborhood and in my own community— um you know not having the same things I was out in parkway once I was able to like spend a night over my white friend's house or indian friend's house and actually seeing their community and seeing how um you know you can just walk down the street and the air you know the air tastes better and the, the grass is much greener. Um, but when I would come back home. And
0: things are, are cleaned up. Clean are, and opportunity. And, and it's not even that. Their parents had like like popsicles and they had a pool <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And, and yeah. Things that, that we weren't used to as kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: The, the little central things that, you know, a, a playground or uh, like you say, a, a pool in the backyard. And then I would come back to my neighborhood and be like, um, why don't we have these same.
0: This, this is much different.
1: Yeah. 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 So. I think at an early age i didn't i didn't know it but i was already challenging and questioning you know saying i want these same things in my neighborhood i want the same things in my community um and a lot of it i would have to say was my mom just being active in the neighborhood working with the previous alder woman before and we'll get to that uh before we got uh the current one miss hubbard um april four griffin was a like a bad bad woman like bad a woman women are bad days in general, right? <laughs> but um just what she was it.
0: nasty before nasty was cool. Is that yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. saying? She, she was she All was right.
1: nasty, fabulous <laughs> before anybody was saying it was cool. So uh yeah, it was pretty much my mom that got me engaged and then um I wanted to I know at that, that i like I wanted to do something in the community but during high school uh and I knew that meant that I needed to probably go to college. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that my family wasn't fortunate to have, you know, a bunch of money so i went to trade school and uh what trade school i went to south tech so half a day at parkway and then a half a day at uh south tech taking up heating and cooling i was like you know because i not i'm not going to do the whole student debt train like my brother has it my mom has it so uh-huh. this is i'm gonna just go right after high school make some money go in this field and then i looked at myself so I'm not that, you know, not that type of fit of a guy to be lifting ACs all day and yeah. you know with this prosthetic, it, I'm not saying it would stop me, but you know, also probably be a...
0: air conditioners are heavy. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit.
1: <laughs> I'm not weak now, I'm just saying, but to lift them all the time, yeah exactly. is a lot. So eventually I end up, you know, saying, Screw this and went to Forest Park after high school and then started getting involved with some community organizations like Missouri Jobs of Justice, um, OBS organization for black struggle. Uh, and then became a director of my own organization called Young Activists United.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, did that lead you into, is it uh, the award you got last year? Was it uh, (laughs) Young Democrat of the Year? Yep, yep, yep. Young Democrat of of the the Year. And that's not just in Missouri, right? That's... No, that's, yeah, it's okay. from the uh, Missouri Democratic I don't mean party. to listen. Uh, that was in the entire state of Missouri. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So he is the top young Democrat of uh, 2017. 2017.
1: This Excellent. year was uh, Lauren Arthur, so that's somebody I'd definitely be able, love to pass it off to. She's such a another bad yeah. A woman. State senator. State. Yeah, youngest yeah. state senator.
0: Youngest state senator. We got the youngest state senator. We got the youngest uh, party chair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or at least we did for a while. Uh, I don't know. Yes, yeah,
1: Stephen's young.
0: Maybe, but he might be aging out. There's some young party chairs. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. That's, good, that's beautiful. It is beautiful, and that's what we're covering here on Next Gen Dems. We're, we're covering the next generation of Democrats. And, and it's also, it, it's not an age thing. Mm-mm. It's not an age thing because there are new people that are empowered, that are ready to get out here and ready to make some change. And yeah. uh, they know they know who stands with them. Um, and, and even if it's sometimes difficult debates within uh, this party, mm-hmm. uh, the, the other party is always going to be a much worse option. Um, and so they're getting involved in the Democratic Party, even though they never have been before. They're they're seeing the option to make a change. They see the horrible things that are happening on the other side with GOP control, GOP supermajority in Missouri, uh, um, and so they're getting involved. Yeah. They're getting involved. People who have been lifelong independents, people mm-hmm. who have been been uh, lifelong li- s- pseudo libertarians. Um, are, are saying, you know, wh- okay, we got to work together. Mm-hmm. We got to work together. Mm-hmm. And, and,
1: the, and one thing that you said, I think that's the coolest thing that our party is like doing is, is really trying to figure out the ones that haven't been engaged, right? Um, if they've been independent or if they've been, you know, not part of the process for whatever reason. But I think, you know, when me and Bruce was running, one of the cool things, you know, we did was really tap into um, folks that just never been tapped into at all, like never voted, just, you know, didn't feel there was a need to, you know, there's a lot of um, you know issues that people go through on a day-to-day. Being a single mom, nine to five to stay alive, and the system can be a lot. So sometimes you feel like you're never winning. So um,
0: you also go- feel like your voice and your vote doesn't matter, and we can't allow that anymore. Mm-mm. We can't have that. Um, but it, it's changing. Yeah,
1: it's changing. That's that's a that's a hopeful thing of it. And the the, the wave isn't going to happen unless we create it. Right? The wave isn't going to come blow all this worry away unless we, we're, we're actively out in the streets making it happen. And, you know, maybe it's just me being young, optimistic, but I, I literally see it from St. Louis all the way to, like, St. Peter's and St. Charles, What you guys are doing. Uh, it's, it's happening. And that's how it, it, it's slow and it's frustrating because we need dramatic change,
0: you know. Progress is slow, but it's inevitable. And we do need dramatic change, yeah. but if we don't start towards that, that path, we'll never get there. Mm-hmm. We'll simply never get there. When I say things like solar roadways, some people are like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> Where like our roads will be in solar panels and absolutely yeah. our roads will be there and once that happens, we're going to have decentralized electricity, you know, Amern doesn't want that to happen. No, 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 no. Um, there's some things that are really unpopular in the current structure of our system. Um, and people are going to lose money because of progress. Of course. And there's not a whole lot we can do about that unless we go the other route which is regress and that's exactly what the Republican Party's trying to do and that's exactly what people like us are trying to fight. Mm-hmm. Um so goes from from you being an activist, you getting involved, in starting your own organization, mm-hmm. um, how does that translate into joining the Democratic Party and uh, now being the man in charge yeah. of the St. Louis uh, Democratic Party's office.
1: Yeah. So Going from, like you say, the activism, uh, getting involved with Show Me 15, um, a movement that is so near and dear to my heart. Look, I even
0: have the shirt on. Okay, uh, and t- Although, I'd like to pause right there. 15 is a good start. Had wages kept up with inflation and productivity, we'd be sitting at about $22 an hour right now, minimum wage continue and
1: also the fifteen and a union part we definitely need to make sure we have the union as they're trying to slice them in the horrible decision we just got go out and vote no.
0: benefits and and, uh, protections and unions are the reason that we have child labor laws y'all But what are we doing what are we doing we need to strengthen these these unions we need to strengthen collective bargaining for all people Mm -hmm. because people need to be able to come together and work and, and call shots that uh, the the shot callers might not want them to call. Yeah. And going back a little bit,
1: um, fast forward to when I was talking, telling you about my leg being broke. So after high school, you know, I got kicked off of um, uh, my insurance, and I didn't have insurance for it was quite a while. But you know, being young and like, oh, I don't really you know need insurance anything like that. Uh, my prosthetic, I didn't haven't I probably didn't get a, hadn't had a new prosthetic since probably tenth grade, 2010. So 2012 and on. Um, over time, it started getting rough and breaking down. So during Ferguson, just with all the activism from Fight for 15 to Ferguson, my leg literally was like, as I would go out there, Allison Dreef and some um, other of the activists, uh, women out there, used to be like my activist mom and knew that my prosthetic was taped up literally every time I went out and would tell me, like, go sit down or you need to get it worked on. But when I ended up getting a job um, with the union, it was due to the union and the insurance that uh, they had that I was able to get now the prosthetic I have on now, a new one that I don't have to worry about taping up or have to worry about, you know, it falling apart. So uh, unions are, you know, it's something that all, everyone don't know about. We need to definitely be pushing that out, educating families more about what a union is and the benefit it has, even if you don't come from a union background. But uh, that's why we need to make sure we go out and vote uh, no on A. August 7th it's, it's important
0: you heard that here vote no on a on prop a August 7th they move the date to try to fool people into to not realizing that that's the date that it's gonna be voted on uh, because of how important this is this is really corporate interest against the interest of the people and and we need to be on the side of the people we need to be on the right side of history and to be on the right side of history on that vote you're gonna vote no on prop a because it's gonna help everybody's wages, union wages, keep everybody's wages higher. Uh, um, benefits that, that they've negotiated have now come into the lexicon of our worker society. So we need to make sure that we keep those strong, we need to make sure that we don't let the, the cats at the top um, dominate everyone else We need have to come together and that's what unions are and whatever they negotiate is going to better your workplace regardless of if you're in a union or not so we've got to go there um yesterday we got to talk a little bit about the elephant in the room Mm -hmm. um and i know we're live right now um yesterday there was a vote to uh put pro-choice or Allow pro-choice candidates to run as Democrats. Pro-life, my bad. and we should all be pro-choice. Uh, uh, so, with uh, Democrats that did win, like a Mike Rivas, mm-hmm. um, under that that platform, um, and it's now in our party platform. Even though we're going to get to some of the great things that happened yesterday and are now in our party platform, which are awesome. Um, I want to tackle this one first. What do you feel? Where do you stand? Where do you think that people stand on this?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday was a, a lot from um, what I've seen on social media. Friends um, writing me, inboxing me, asking me if i seen seen uh, the actual way that we kind of um, amended our platform and put some new things in Um I definitely need to dive deeper into everything that happened. I want to make sure I talk to all of the sides. You know, sometimes we can we can see on social media some of the things that took place and get kind of reactionary and a positive reason to get reactionary because it's a lot. You know, we're under attack. Um, the other side is always doing things to, you know, if it's our health care, if it's our um, economics, uh, economic uh, rights, if it's our human rights, it's all under attack. So, um, but... Uh, What took place yesterday, um, first, I want to say that um, we as as a party um, definitely need to do whatever it takes to make sure that women's rights are protected. Um, We as a party definitely need to make sure we do whatever it takes to make sure that women's rights um, are not under attack and that we stand, as men especially, that we stand behind them um, and, and beside them until they tell us, uh, that they're ready for us to kick the door in, but they're capable of doing that on their own. Um, however, um, this this whole uh, situation with the you know having pro-life candidates within our party, you know, one thing I think about that's different, the Democratic Party that makes us different than the Republican Party. The Republican Party is pretty straightforward. You know, you get in line or you're out you know um you you either feel this way about poor people or you're not a republican i think a, a little bit of a benefit of within our party of being a chameleon party and being a a party like our country should be a melting pot a melting party of bringing in people of all walks of life religions backgrounds ethnicities um that it, that's beneficial but also i think it, it it's a lot it it's a challenge too at times It's a challenge because you have folks that may be, you know, raised Catholic, and um, you know, like
0: Mike Rivas, like
1: Mike Rivas, and grew up in a um, an area that believes certain things when it comes to women. You know, maybe not direct abortion or um, or or you know. When it, when it comes to women, right, there's a lot of different things that, you know, if it's if birth control, right? So maybe if not, you know, they're fully against abortion, but they believe we shouldn't have birth control, right? I think that it's a slippery slope. It's, it's, it's a slippery slope, <laughs> and it's, it's so challenging because you don't, you know, and you, we need to make sure we're protecting the ones that are under attack. Um, and how do how do we go about it and bring people in that may have different opinions, but not selling out our values as Democrats right and not selling out the reason people come to the Democratic Party because they believe that the other side feels that they shouldn 't have this or the other side feels that um, the rights that we should be granted as u s citizens shouldn 't be granted to us so um, it's it 's a challenge um, and I'm, and i 'm curious and willing and wanting to learn and figure out how do we move forward um, how do we how do we address these issues but I want us to do it in a way where we're not being true to who we are um, and I'm still looking you at you
0: don't want us to do it in a way that we're not being true to yeah
1: well we're not well, right. what we're still being well we are true. still being true to who we are sorry about right. that um, being the party that fights for everyday people that fights for when they're telling that you know telling us especially men, they're saying you know women's rights are important and women's rights um, um, shouldn't be the rights that you know we should be fighting for. We should be fighting back against that. We should be saying, hey, one, they're not telling us what to do at our special parts, right? So mm-hmm. we have no place to be telling them um, what that all to be the doing. Time. And, it, and <laughs> so the biggest thing is always men that it's really pisses me place. off. It's not our place, and our place is to be supportive. So, and I know that was a lot, but back to your main part. Yesterday, um, I. I I hope it's an opportunity for us to um figure out how to move forward and man it's a tough one. it's, it's a, it tough is one. a tough one it's a tough one um, because you don't you there's a lot of
0: nuances involved because I mean I don't want to hold it against a guy uh like Mike Rivas, um who grew up under that belief um As long as they're not going to vote uh, against a woman's right to their own reproductive choices. You know what I mean? If they're going to join our party, that's a certain thing that that you've got to get behind. You have to support women, plain and simple. Um, And and I think that that's a real slippery slope. And the way that um, I've explained that standpoint to women friends of mine, and they've said that that's – uh, too close. That that's something that um, we can't take a chance on, and I get that. I understand that. Yeah. You know, I have to to go with that. But there's the the other nuance of, and we'll get to that. I th- is there a question or?
2: No, I'm a, I'm being informed that uh, the word candidates was not mentioned in the amendment. Uh, that it was potentially written to attract um, pro-life uh, but democratic leaning.
0: Well, uh, there there we go again. I mean, that, um, that was the first meeting saying, yeah. since I've got and since I've gotten involved in the uh, party since I was elected to the state committee that I've missed, um, and a whole lot didn't go right yesterday, so um, we weren't able to make it. Um, if that's the case, I I, uh, I see what they're doing. I, I don't have to approve of it. Uh, I, I see that they're trying to reach those suburban voters and. In a way, it seems like they're selling out women because uh, we, we need to be fighting for for their rights. We need to be fighting for all rights, but uh, and, and in order to win some some people who may be leaning the other side, um, they're they're going this direction. And I don't understand why it went into the party platform. Um, so yeah, this was definitely a meeting that I should have went to, okay. um, and. Uh, unfortunately wasn't able to but here's the thing is that it's kinda what primaries are for Um, so if Democrats in that area don't agree with that person they need to run someone against that person and defeat them Um, and that goes across the board if you don't agree with the people who are representing you run people against them and unseat them it's that simple that's how democracy works Um, but and, yes, I get that there's a lot of entrenched money. I get that there's a lot of issues with that. it's definitely not that cut and dry. But I can tell you as someone who has run for office now on my second try in an area that is very pro-life mm-hmm. um, that I do personally lose a lot of people on that single issue um, just because I feel that, that women should have the freedom of their own reproductive rights. And I don't understand how someone who believes in, in freedom of their own personal rights and every other respect doesn't respect that. I don't get it. But uh, they don't understand where I'm coming from either. And those are some voters I'm just not going to win. If they're that single-issue voter, I'm just not going to win them. But you would be surprised at how many people just shut me down because of that one thing. So we got to understand that, that we're, in, um, we're in areas of varying beliefs – Uh, multiple um, viewpoints and what what may work in one area doesn't work in the other however we still have to try to turn out voters for those people who are running on the ideals that matter to us the most so we we've got to get if there's not enough voters who are voting in those areas um, we got to get better turnout we got to get more people voting in the way that is going to respect the rights of women um, and, and in order to do that, we've just got to make it happen. Right? We got to knock doors. We got to make phone calls. And the people who are in those areas need to start getting out and being heard and fighting back. Um, and that's the the only real way we're going to be able to push back on that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. It, it is. It's a tough one, like you said, because one,
1: our our first and ultimate stands is one thing that we support women in uh, protecting their. Uh, rights to do whatever they want with their body. It's their body. It's their choice, right? That's it's exactly not right. our body. We should not be doing anything. We should not be dictating the way that they, um, or what they do with their body. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm young, but I'm learning. But like you said, one thing I'm, I've learned being in, in this position with the Missouri Democratic Party is looking, as you look throughout the whole state, you know, it's, it's in, in certain areas, uh, some tend to be um, a lot more Heavy voice on in a in a positive way on um, protecting women's rights, um, but when you go throughout you know when you go throughout the states in certain areas, um, like you said it's, it's it's some people on certain issues that's the end all be all. Um,
0: I wasn't shaking my head no at you. No yeah, yeah 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 I I, know, I, know, it, I, I, I seen remember. the yeah. I seen
1: the, the uh, amazing one over there. <laughs> uh, but in certain areas you know that is the only you know that is the only um, um, only issue that certain people carry about, um, especially in, in certain rural areas so how do we how do we once again not lose who we are but maybe could could tailor our message you know um um and bridge that gap so to speak yeah and instead of not you know because they're we're there's we're losing them and we don't want to lose them because they're not republicans but they may have certain feel whatever it's their religion or what about this issue or or whatever the issue is so how do we how do we, like you say, be that bridge, but ultimately that bridge, if, you cro- if you're going to walk across that bridge, you still understand that this bridge is a bridge that stands strong behind women, that will protect women, and that will fight for women, but we're willing to talk and have conversations. Or some, I, One thing I think, the, like I say, the Republican side do is if you're not with it, we're not with you. We we're, we're just shut you down. Um, yeah. And how do, how do we not do that, but how do we not sell out at the same time?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, one difference that a lot of people may not see within the parties is, yes, I get that that we're a big tent party. Some people would say that not everyone should be allowed in the tent. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other side... Uh, if you don't believe what they believe, you are definitely not allowed in the tent. Oh, yeah. Not only are you not allowed in the tent, but they are going to attack you relentlessly until you find another tent or pull yourself up by your bootstraps uh, and <laughs> get out of their area. Um, so, how do we uh, how do we maneuver around that? You think? What, what do you think are some solutions? Just tailoring the message correctly to the area. Um, but but still, with a firm, we are going to fight for women. This is a party that stands for the rights of all women and all people. Um, it, it's it, it's tough because I know even even you know for
1: for for the issue like that you know that that's an issue like that is really strong and, and women um, are very passionate about something like that. And you know if we said something like Black Lives Matter, I'm gonna be real, right? It, it's hard for me to say. You know, and I understand when you get on those rural areas um, that you, you have to change it. But knowing that that's an issue that's really near and dear to my heart, being affected by it, it, it's, it would be hard for me to see a candidate kind of, you know, tailor their message on Black Lives Matter. Um, but. Or against it, you mean? Against it or in a way that, you know, say weakens it, you know, because I, I think. Um, what what you 're getting from some of these democratic candidates that are in the rural areas you know may be with you know not um, uh, or supporting women and making sure that we uh we fight against uh women being um, taken getting their rights taken away, but however I understand they may have to like water down their message or can 't be so in the st. Louis area right we can be very vocal about it. Um all folks should be vocal about it but in in certain areas of our our state, you know we're still back um, in timing and people just grew up differently and you know I' I respect that I have I, I can't you know I, it, I don't maybe I agree there's with a it a lot
0: of mission a lot of uh, uh, problems with how people and maybe the media that they pay attention to that uh, Spins them in a direction to believe something that it's not. Um, So if you listen to Fox News or if you listen to Hannity, of course you don't. I go out of my way to get away from them. Um, But people in rural Missouri might not. People in rural Missouri might listen to Alex Jones too. Mm -hmm. And if they hear that message all of a sudden to them, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization mm-hmm. because that's the things that they that they're being told because that's the thing that Sean Hannity and, and Rush Limbaugh and all these cats are out there regurgitating daily, pounding them with it. So if they don't ever turn the channel, they're not ever getting a different message. Um, and if they're and if if they don't
1: have conversations like you say, also with folks like us that like telling them the truth about it, right? So it's a it's a process thing and it's a it's a being able to wake them up mm-hmm. wake them up and sometimes you probably have to start with where they are and you know just keep cracking that ceiling and keep cracking it and you know and hopefully it changes but going back to your question real quick answer I do think it's a little bit of even though I don't you know fully agree with it or like it I do think in certain areas we have to um like you say tailor the message a little bit but we have to not sell out and we as the voters have to do our job um is holding them accountable and even if we're not in their districts right if they if they say they're you know they're with women and they stand behind women when the bill comes up and they're trying to take women's rights away we'll see how they vote we'll be able to hold them accountable um and we'll also be able to support them too in the in their districts in their area when the vote comes and when they stand with women so
0: that's a perfect answer and i absolutely stand by that too um, but some of, of our women friends would say, um, that's a chance they're not willing to take, but then not completely looking at the other side who is telling you they're going to vote against you, who is telling you that they're going to try to take your rights. Um, so, I mean, baby steps, but, but like I said, like we said, progress takes time. Um, I just, I think that was a step in the, the wrong direction. Yeah. I think that that was not progress, uh. Wish it could have been done As a little differently. Yeah. yeah, I think so, too. What are some of the good things that came out of yesterday? We should have it list up, but we absolutely don't. Um, go ahead. Do we have a question? Uh,
2: yes, actually. All right. Given all of this, um, somebody was pointing on how we need to uh, educate the electorate, obviously by strengthening education um, and people's access to higher education. Um, but – with all of that, what can people do uh, to get involved? To talk to people, um, to make these things happen, uh, especially here at the office for Sheen. Mm-hmm. What can they do when they come here to help spread the message and help um, educate the electorate?
1: Happy that person, whoever that person is, asked that question because um, one of the the goals of the Give office. Give a shout out. Who was that? Who, who was that? <laughs> it was Shelley. Hey Shelley. Shelley what's happening? Shelley Belly. She is one of our sheroes. Oh. Another badass woman. She is woman. An amazing She's a, So person. it's so many amazing women across the state. That's why, um, you know, I with picture
0: with, of her, Holly and Annie yesterday. It's like that needs to be a
1: painting. That I would and, take that somewhere in the office. Shelley and Annie, you know, just paint it take up. that
2: picture and blow it up for us. We want it in the office. Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely.
1: Um... But, uh, no, I'm happy Shelly asked that question because one of the, you know, being tasked to lead this office, which I'm honored and grateful of, um, one of the things that I want to do within this office is kind of these three points, educate, um, engage, um, oh, crap, I forgot, educate, educate, engage, and empower. Um, because I feel like the biggest issue and what <laughs> The three E's. The three E's. I'm working on it. Um, I feel like the biggest issue that we have – as a, as, as a party in general is we're, um, is we're not educating the folks that um, are not usually participating in the process. You know, mm-hmm. we only worry about the frequent voters. We only worry about the ones that are always going to go out right. But we could be actually winning. We actually could be, you know, having a huger um, force of an army if we educate the ones that, you know, don't know so much about no, know, minimum wage or, or, or women's rights, and it's not their fault, but, you know, sometimes the books aren't just slammed in front of your face. A lot of the a lot of the things that um, that I know now is because of people just mentoring me and believing in me, but it wasn't, honestly, me always sitting down saying, oh, I hear about this or I hear about that. I hear about what right to work mm-hmm. is, so I'm going to go look it up, right? Mm-hmm. No, I got other things going on. So one thing I'm excited with this office, what we've been trying to do is we, we're – running one program, but we'll be here for a year to really test out a lot of stuff. But we're running a commit to vote card, which is talking about three issues that are going to be coming up on the um, election in August and November. And then after uh, Hopefully, hit, hit those three issues. Those me. three issues: minimum wage increasement, which um, the party has fully got behind, endorsed. Um, voting against uh, the right to work and making sure we stand behind working families. No on Prop A. No on A, and that one is in August seventh. The minimum wage will be in November, and also the clean ballot initiative that is trying to make sure we get big money out of politics. You mentioned that earlier, how money's dictating the way that you know um, we do things. We need to get that out and make sure that and people. And it is gerrymandering.
0: It. it uh you know, puts a stop to gerrymandering. It makes it to where um, candidates can only – or uh, uh, seated reps can only uh, accept gifts of $5 or less from lobbyists, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Although, if you look at our, our state party co- – or our state constitution, I believe it is, Winston Apple would know better if you're watching Winston, shout out. Um, it, it says that we're not allowed to accept anything from lobbyists, zero. So I don't know, even know why we're having to pass that, but yeah. let's do it anyway. Let's do it anyway and get money out of politics because let's, it let's has far it right too much again. influence.
1: Yeah, let's let's put that right again. But, yeah, so folks can um, um, come in the office, thirty three, thirty two North 19th Street. Um, from Tuesday to Thursday, we're here. Uh, from 12 to 8 on Fridays, from 9 to 5, we canvas. You can come in any day to canvas or phone bank. Canvas or phone bank, but... Um, we usually have like a big canvas um, on Saturdays where we've been having these chat chill canvases. Our last speaker was uh, Bruce Franks, and of course, you know, he can bring the fire. But the um, idea is to, you know, have an elected official in front of you, um, if it's your elected official or not, you know, putting an elected in front of constituents, um, them talking about an important issue within our party and then pushing people out um, to canvas around those three issues as we're getting close to the election. So... It's it's some it's some exciting stuff going on. I'm um, I'm excited. We we got some some plans for this office.
0: Very cool. The Very
1: people's cool. office. This is even though it's the Missouri Democratic Party regional office, this is uh the people's office trying to make this a a place that benefits
0: everybody. If it's candidates, community. Raise an I raised an eyebrow. Ah, there we go. Double eyebrow raise. The people's office. The people's office. That's exactly right. At thirty three, thirty two. North Nineteenth uh, Street. North Nineteenth Street. And what's the phone number here for anybody who wants to reach out? Oh man, I have to call for myself. To... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it reads Missouri Democratic Party office on Rasheen's phone. So yeah, yeah, if yeah. you get Rasheen's phone, 314-704-5007. So that's <clears throat> what I give you. Damn, out of nowhere! Yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere!
1: I did pull up some some good stuff that came out of the
0: uh, out of the. So let's talk platform. about that. Let's kind of go down the list. $15 an hour minimum wage is now in the Missouri Democratic Party platform. It should
1: have been about time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's about what's, time. What's the next one? We'll go back and forth. Okay, Medicaid expansion. is now in the Missouri Democratic Party platform. Uh, Medicaid for all health care system is now in the Missouri Democratic Party platform. I Look at that. Yeah, right. yeah. What's uh, happening, folks? The DACA program. The Black Lives Matter movement and an end to institutional racism.
1: Oh, I I passed that one. That was the one uh, you were supposed to do. The passage of Mona. Mona. The passage of Mona.
0: Explain what that is. I was going to ask. The Mona is Mona is the uh, uh, non-discrimination thing. So now they can't discriminate, right? Somebody, somebody, shout out. Um, Give us a little help on the morning. Uh, um, I have, I do have um,
2: Well, go ahead
0: and the list, yes. DACA, Mona. Uh, Closing cal- corporate tax loopholes to ensure big businesses pay their fair share.
1: The end of monetary minimum sentences. Mandatory. Mandatory
0: sentences. Common sense gun laws like keeping guns out of the hands of domestic abusers and reinstating the assault weapons ban. The legalization of marijuana. Kudos.
1: Isn't Democratic that gonna be on Party. the ballot?
0: There's like three three um, different initiatives. I believe that that's occurring. for medical. Medical. Um however, in the city of Saint Louis, what just happened? They decriminalize it up even more to, Up to one hundred grams, right? Okay. Yeah. So um that's like three ounces, right? Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> Hopefully, it's a fairly large amount. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, law enforcement actually follow the rules, and we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Move down. All right, let's see. Um, what's the next one? Oh, yeah. Abiding by the DNC's corporate money ban. Nice, nice. There we go. That's awesome. That's, that's some good stuff in there. Absolutely. Um, now, now we better look up what Mona is because. Yeah, if I ever don't know anything right off the bat, I do think it's the non-discrimination.
2: It is. Um, in the meantime, though, mm-hmm. uh, somebody said that they're having a hard time getting people to understand, especially poor people, to understand that their votes do matter and that they do make a difference. Um, what are some things that we can do as young Democrats to, to change their mind, to show them otherwise?
0: Walk the walk. Want the walk, we, but you are the guest, so we're going to well, defer this it's to how you. We get yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and this is a we could tag team on this because uh, as 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 you're out knocking doors, I'm sure you you know you get people that kind of feel not super engaged. But I think the first thing is we gotta. I'm actually gonna let you start it because I'm gonna be right back. Okay. First thing we gotta we're live, do is folks. Uh, oh, we're live. It's, it's a turn to the Sheen Bean Show. Uh, right. The the first thing we gotta do, I think, is we can't we. We cannot wait to election time to continue to ask these same questions of how do we engage folks that are not engaged. Because if we're trying to do it around election time, um, our sole purpose is not really trying to engage them, to really engage them, but trying to engage them to be a vote. Um, And those conversations are different because you're intentionally not really trying to engage someone because you want them to be part of the process. But we got a big election. we got to get no on Prop A, which it is it's important. A lot of these issues are important, but we're failing people because in these off-elections or when the election's not happening, we're not going out um, just having a block party. That's the thing. We don't have to make everything so political. That's why like, I'm happy, once again, with this office, that after the election we'll be able to do some real... Um, work in the community figuring out what it is what are the issues that maybe resonate in their neighborhood that is not on the ballot um and it's not always about a candidate i think pushing issues um and not pushing a face not pushing a oh vote for me because i'm gonna do this or vote for me but actually what are the things that you care about so i think the way we do it is on off election years you know um making politics maybe fun again and not just always so political where it's um coming to this meeting or you know learn about minimum wage and the issues to us are like that we know they're devastating and if it don't pass you know it hurts poor people even more but it's it's a reason why you know they felt disengaged it's a reason why for maybe eight ten elections no one came and knocked on their door so they don't feel like the process is important right um so starting on on off years when we don't have election and doing just things in in communities that have already been um, pulled away from resources and pulled away from opportunities and been oppressed by the system Um, doing things that maybe not always be so political but building those relationships saying hey i want you to be part of this because i care about you and i care about your community i care about Um, your neighborhood because your neighborhood affects my neighborhood and once we have that mind frame as like a one um, understanding that you know you just can't come in saying oh especially I'm gonna be real right it was a white it's a white man like I want to come in Paul McKee style and fix up the neighborhood that's not the model but you know coming in more of a you know I just want to help out you know how do we organize together me being your brother because this isn't a ally we're brothers and sisters in my opinion me being your brother or your sister uh, being that support, so
0: absolutely the big word that you brought up is community. Uh, we need to build communities. That that's a big solution, as far as I'm concerned, for um, not just winning elections, but for actually engaging people. Like you said, we have to mobilize, we have to organize. Absolutely, we have to do that around the issues. Um, but the building of community part, I've been telling everybody for over a year, and mm-hmm. and. It it feels like I'm the only one saying it and screaming it in my echo chamber sometimes to, you know, uh, situations where it's falling on deaf ears. But if we want people to rally around us, we have to have rallies. Mm -hmm. If we want people to walk with us, we have to walk the walk. We have to uh, vote in the way and speak to the things um, that we're going to vote for. Say if we're candidates, we have to speak to the things that we're going to do. And if we're uh, seated representatives, We have to vote the way that we spoke to uh, how we were going to do things. So it's really just um, being real, Mm -hmm. getting back to being real, getting back to to building real relationships, um, and getting back to building a community around things that are important to that community because none of us can do it alone. And none of us can do it alone. And and understanding
1: that the the education piece is going to be each community is different right each person is different Uh, but the education piece is going to be important um, and and that takes time and you got to understand that everyone and when I say you I'm not saying you in the audience but just in general folks got to understand you know that um, uh, everyone's not at the same playing field which sound you know we hear that all the time but I think I can just go um, for myself. I remember getting involved in all these different things a lot. You know, a lot of people be like, oh, Rasheen, you know this, you're so articulate, but um, I know I probably didn't know really what, you know, right to work was or what these things was and wouldn't say anything because of, oh, I don't want to be that one person in the room. So, you know, educating each other, not, not, um, not, not, not talking down on folks and, and, being, um, and being understanding that that in itself, um, it's, a, it's a huge process uh, of making sure that people are engaged, that they're educated, um, and that they're not like educated in a talk-down type of manner, but they're educated in a way of like, hey, we, we all started at, you know, at one point of not knowing what these issue was or not knowing how to run a campaign or not knowing how to, you know, do. you just
0: had to define Mona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, know? literally I mean, looking he, it up. Literally. So... Uh, And, of course, we knew what it was when we were discussing it, but it was probably, it didn't jump out to us as Mona. Yeah, the Missouri Non-Discrimination Act. There it is. Mona. Um, But when I first went into uh, Tri-County in 2016 to get the Tri-County Labor Endorsement, I didn't know exactly what a prevailing wage was. I, I asked them. I asked them to explain it to me. I just know that we need stronger unions. I know we need better wages and and worker protections. And and that's some big reasons that I am extremely pro union. Um, And I'm really against multinational corporations who offshore the American dream. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Um, That's a quote. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a quote. End quote. Um, And so, and even right to work. I'm going to. I'm going to some union homes, that uh, the wife or husband um, asks me what Prop A is exactly, mm-hmm. and they have a Prop A sign in their yard, but they have to get clarification, you know. And there's there's going to be a lot of that, especially when the the Republicans are going to push back in a big way and spend a whole lot of that dark money that they get all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, it's coming. To to try to fool people into believing. The wording is really funny, too. No one should be forced to pay union membership dues uh, as a uh, reason for employment. Mm-hmm. No one should be forced to um, pay dues. But it sounds kind of reasonable if you're somebody who's going to be working at a, a McDonald's or mm-hmm. if you're somebody who's going to be working at a place where unions really don't don't play in that ball field um, but once you realize that it's really a union busting technique it's really to try to get it to where unions aren't are able to make as much money unions aren't able yeah. to uh... have the power that they they once had and uh... still the, the power of unions are people it's the people the membership that's it, a union is coming together uh... so people have to get clarification for a lot of different things and I do find myself spending a lot of time trying to educate people at the doors who may not know some of these things mm-hmm. and that's one of the hurdles I see getting a, that we have to get around in order to earn votes in a continuous manner and we also have to make sure that we don't uh, uh, vote for people who are going to try so hard to work across the aisle with people who are not going to work with us and the things that are important to the people who are important to us, um, that they lose sight of what got them here, why they're here, Mm -hmm. um, and, and what they're supposed to fight for. So how do we, we get, um, elected officials there that are going to stand by, uh, the people and mm-hmm. stay standing by the people and not corporate interest. Um, I, I think one solution is voting in poor people, yeah. uh, voting in uh, uh, you know people of the community who looks like the community, sounds like the community, and has similar experiences of the community um, that they're in. And I think a lot of poor people. Uh, around Missouri would be better representatives than the ones we got in Jeff City for the most part. I second that. Even when you you look at I mean what just happened in
1: uh, New York City uh, the Congress or Democratic Congresswoman nominee soon to be you know the elected Democratic uh, Congresswoman but a year six months uh, before she just was elected she was a bartender yeah um you know living in just an apartment in new york city trying to get by one day at a time yeah
0: so it's you know we're, we're most at people don't even know that a year ago she was a bartender a bartender think about that a year ago she was a bartender and she just last tuesday defeated the 10-term congressman from new york the fourth most powerful democratic congressperson in congress he's going to be the next speaker who was slated to possibly replace Nancy Pelosi as the next Speaker of the House. Uh, A bartender did that, out-organized and out-mobilized, and is now fighting for things that people are are calling socialism. They need to understand that there's a difference between Democratic Socialism and Red Socialism or Red Communism that for many years was maybe something to be afraid of. Um, But now they need to realize that Democratic Socialism is – When you think of democratic socialism, you need to think about our railroad system. You need to think about our roads being created, our waste management systems. You need to think about all of these socialist programs. Most of these people who are like, oh, socialism is bad, will throw all of their possible funding and and want us, as a nation, to throw all of our possible funding into uh, the military-industrial complex and say social and scream at the top of their lungs, socialism is bad, military industrial complex, let's make it rain, uh, without realizing that our military is our largest socialist program in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if that's operating correctly, imagine if uh, some other sectors were, were handled with social uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? With social necessity in mind. With social necessity in mind. So how do we keep more people healthy? How do we keep more people educated? How do we keep more people fed, clothed, housed? If we could concentrate on that and start investing uh, some of our tax money and get a little return on investment on those things, then... People would be freed to innovate. It would be such a
1: different society. Like you yeah. said,
0: if we, if, if folks was closed and
1: fed, just thinking of the unhoused community because they're, they're part of our community. We, they're not homeless. They 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 they're they're part of our community, and it's a the reason they got to this um, situation. And most likely, it's, it's due to um, not us or me directly, but us as a family, us part of this, uh, all different communities, but. Um, we would be so much in a different place. Imagine if people were able to make livable wages. Like, it's not going out and buying a new Bugatti or, you know, going out and trying to make sure that they have the latest clothes. They're gonna probably be paying their bills. They're gonna, you know, if it is clothes, it's clothes that they're lacking on their kids. Generating money back into the economy that's gonna help us. It's, I, it's. These things are ridiculous. It's easy. Investing in
0: our future. Investing in the people. What, what, what a novel idea that is. Man. Um, that uh, I mean, they got unlimited money for war. They have unlimited money for tax breaks, for the 1% and the billionaire class. But there's people sleeping on benches next to the White House. I was there twice in the last three months. People sleeping on benches next to the White House. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. If I was in the White House, there is no way that I could not walk out to that bench and be like, "Come on, in, we got a bed, we got a bed, and if we don't have enough beds, we'll find a cot."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't get it. Tupac said it best: "They got money for wars, but they can't feed the poor. Like it, it, it don't, it don't add up. There's, there's no excuse to some of the humane things that we're doing. Um, if it's, if it's not." Giving people the adequate money that uh, they deserve so they can pay their bills. If it's separating kids from their families, which is just—I can't even believe that that's. Yeah, that—that—that's a. Uh, it it you, you got to take like a step back on that one because you. I can't even believe that's happening in today's.
0: And I don't think anybody could have ever imagined that that's what was going to happen. Um, they, the only other—they're going to throw out. Well, Obama did it. No, the pictures that you see from 2014 were from a sudden influx of unaccompanied minors. Um, that doesn't happen all the time. The people that are – the, the thing that is happening now is that families who are coming to our borders legally, seeking legal asylum, are being separated from their children mm-hmm. and held for processing. That This is no different – then uh, what was happening during the concentration camps or during the, the jam- Japanese internment camps uh, on American soil? Mm-hmm. Those were on American soil. Maybe not the concentration camps, in, uh, you know, Hitler, but uh, the Japanese internment camps were on American soil. And so that's happening again. And we never could have fathomed that that was going to happen again. I thought we got past it. I thought we learned compassion, humanity. And then Trump happened. Forty-five. Yeah. So I, I mean, where where are we going from here? We have got to not only win the midterm, but then we've got to take the White House back in twenty twenty. And how are we going to do that with a party who seems to be at more odds with themselves sometimes than the opposition? Mm-hmm. I think a little bit of that, and I,
1: trust me, not and coming in. If anybody knows me, uh, know I probably also. I wouldn't say fought the party coming in, but you know, being a little active, going against the political machine that was tied more to the party, um, definitely we always didn't see eye to eye. But I do um, think that a little bit of what's happening, hopefully, is healthy as long as it doesn't create division. Because I think sometimes you need something to shake up. You need something to make people feel uncomfortable. You need, um, um, I, don't, I don't wanna say like tension, but you know, and, and, in a relationship, arguments are because of there's a disagreement on both sides, and the argument is meant to, hopefully, you argue and figure out what the issue is, and then we, you know, we come to some type of without conclusion.
0: pressure, there is no diamond. Ooh, that's a good one,
1: yeah. that is, and that's true too. Yeah, um, but it hopefully all, I, I'm happy that our party is in this kind of questioning state. Like, is this a new or what's going on, right? And not just staying the same old complacent, be you know, not winning. We're barely
0: winning now, but we got to take those two. got to take some wins we're getting. Here's one thing I saw that was really scary. Since Ocasio won, um, was there was a, a meme made of a tweet um, that someone put out, apparently a hardcore Democrat, saying, um, with Ocasio winning, it, it, we're taking it too far to the left. We need a party of, I want to say Joe Manchin. And I'll I'll be wrong, so don't hold that to me, but we need to be a party of this type of Democrat. Bloomberg? I I think it was Bloomberg. I think it was Michael Bloomberg. Anyway, Mm. we need to be the party of Bloomberg. Mm. And then on the other side of the meme shows an invitation from Michael Bloomberg for a Republican representative uh, to a fundraiser that he's hosting. So how how do we win back the people who – are still trying to to uh, prop up that party that's kind of uh, not working in its own best interest. That's kind of working against itself.
1: I think we we call them out, but we keep moving. You know, we keep moving because
0: <laughs> I,
1: I, I mean, we, we call them out and you know we hold them accountable, and, and then we keep
0: on keeping and on. We keep on keeping because on. if we stop, because we're,
1: our feelings are hurt the 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 ones in our party, which are still in our party, but The ones in our party, um, will see that the party is changing, and that the party is being that party that they it's it's still the party that they that they love. It's still the party that fights for people. It's just in a different way, and it, it's 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 caught up to today's timing. It's caught up to today's oppression, you know, because you know Jim Crow has only changed, right? It's not fully gone, but it's changed away in its shape and form. So. That's what we're doing as a party. We're changing the way that we operate and our shape and form. And I think, you know, it, it's, it sucks when we have folks that won't catch up to time with us. Um, but I think we keep we keep moving forward because right now the energy and the momentum um, is in our favor. In our favor, not trying to divide us within our party, but it was in our favor of folks No, in it's party. in the favor
0: of progress. It's not ours or theirs, not me, us. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's about progress and how are we going to move forward and, and fight for the most people the best way that we can. Um, and until we all can come together, there's going to be some reckoning. There, be tough, there, yeah. there are going to be debates and fights within um, that, you know, some people may, may not stick around, may not survive the evolution of the party. Mm-hmm. And that's okay that is okay. Some people can, can either, uh, you know, operate where their beliefs are, or, um, maybe there's some other things that they're passionate about. Um, but to try to prevent the party from progressing, uh, I think is going to be shooting ourselves in the foot. And we've been seeing that a, a whole lot. Um, I was under the understanding that DNC members weren't allowed to, uh, uh, endorse candidates prior to the primary until i saw that tom perez endorsed andrew cuomo over cynthia nixon in new york mm. so uh it, it's a tough call yeah. uh, and i, I think he said it best um we we take those hits and we keep on keeping on doing the best that we possibly can mm-hmm. um so and we learn
1: from those hits you know like we, we learn okay so that's how i want this go around so either we need someone getting ready next go-round to challenge the person, or we need to move left because we've seen when we did that, that didn't operate. So, you know, it it, it sucks, especially when you're, a, you know, a party of losing, and sometimes you're losing within your party too. Um, but but I think things are, like you say, on the up-and-up for progress, up-and-up for change, and it's, it's coming.
0: Yeah, it's I coming. feel it in the air. The thing is, is that a, a lot of the uh, – The progress that i'm particularly talking about i make no bones about it is the progress that bernie ran on in 2016. the platform and the the, uh, policies that bernie ran on in 2016. and the interesting thing i found out uh, about that is that in 2016 it wasn't of course i know that a lot of people uh, were just in it for bernie but most of bernie's supporters Were there because of the policies and because of the platform and it had very little to do with Bernie himself uh, Other than the fact that he could explain these patent policies very well or rate them very well And had the ability to stay on point for the policies and for the platform Um, So that that was a very powerful thing, but when you find out that more people voted for him and again, I say his policies Mm -hmm. and his platform In 2016, then Hillary and Donald Trump combined 18 to 25. um, It tells me that these policies and these platforms are inevitable. Mm -hmm. This is coming. This is going to come. This is our next evolution as a party and as a people in the United States of America. And it's time we all start working together and make those things happen. People need health care. They need education. Yeah. We need cr- criminal justice reform because a lot of the, the issues that have come, especially in the inner cities, is that there are so many laws and people getting locked up, mass incarceration, to the point where there's a lot of single-parent homes. There's a lot of homes that just have a mom or just have a dad because the alternative got locked up. And now that single parent has to hold two or three jobs to make ends meet, creating almost a parentless. Uh, situation for their child and now that child is kind of raising itself maybe going to grandma's maybe, you know things like that um, and how can we expect people that don't have the same opportunities as someone like in the suburbs or mm-hmm. in rural regions that, that do have uh, a community because there's only 900 people there and everybody mm-hmm. knows everybody mm-hmm. you know uh, to be able to to give them the tools that they need uh, And to be able to take away the the root cause, which is mass incarceration and systemic racism and locking people up for nonviolent crimes, which is over 50% of all people in our prison system are locked up for nonviolent crimes where no one was hurt. Um, Need to end the cash
1: bail system also. Again, all right, throw it out there. No, no, yeah, I was just saying as you you was on the... uh, Justice reform, throwing out the in the cash bail system. But and as you as you was Explain that a little bit. In the cash bail system. And that's then, just gonna sound like we're the salad to some people. Mm-hmm. So before I forget that one, and as you was talking though, it made me think about um, all the things you were saying and it made me go back to a previous question of um, um, of why people don't vote. All those all those reasons right there on you know, and, and feeling like they have nothing to win, you know. Um, but ending the cash bail system, you know, there's there's folks locked up right now that are literally locked up for the the smallest things. I'm not going to say it's, it's – I wouldn't consider it like a crime. You know, I think we need to be helping people instead of always punishing people. But small things, if it's child support or if it's, um, you know, running a red light and got pulled over and now they're in jail for $200 um, or $500 and they don't have – um, the money to actually be able to get out. So ending that system so that folks aren't, you know, being incarcerated and spending months and months and literally years in jail when their bond was only 500 So what have you done? You know, you didn't spend, um, you know, six months in jail, um, like you say, either if they were with somebody. So
0: not to cut you off, but to level that out and to, to really paint that picture for people. So there are people who say they run a red light. They yeah. get a $200 bail or a $200 ticket, uh, and they can't pay it. Then they go to jail, and they still can't pay that. And then being in jail costs them money, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm. You gotta so get explain commissary. That. <laughs> you know,
0: if your loved ones want to communicate
1: with you, because you know, my my brother's currently uh, there now, and and and, they, and it takes a toll on the family. You know, the money for attorneys, or money for like you know, if you want to speak to your loved ones, all that it's a it's not it's a business. It's it's a business now, and they're they're ranking in. Um, on individuals and, and families
0: off of off of this business, but it's 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 a lot. And then and now they saw that it works, and they're at least it works for their profit mm-hmm. margins. Um, and now they're doing it on the border. Now that's exactly what they're doing on the border. If they're causing big business on the border. Uh, millions of dollars are going to private prisons mm-hmm. with with people being detained at the border and families being separated at the border. Um, so, I mean, it's a rough road that we're having to come back from, man. It's a wicked system,
1: but it, it, it seems
0: it, it's, it's so easy. Well, let
1: me not say easy. The, the solutions, like you say, as we talk about some of these things that can be done, if if are done, would not just even benefit Democrats, it would benefit Republicans. Like the the we're, entire we're nation. The things that we're, that we're saying to change, that's what I kind of, the, our, about our parties, we're saying we want everyone to be created equal. And then the other side is just saying, no, we want this select class. You know, the Tiki Torch guys that went marching on, you know, marching on Charlotte. They just want, you know, white young men to be elite and not immigrants or people of color. Like, what we're asking for is to help everybody, even when they're trying to pass legislation that hurts a select few. Jeez, yeah, yeah. we're getting, we're, getting, we're working on. So, it.
0: so let's actually get into that. Let, let's get into. Um, so I think that that. A lot of what happened uh, in two thousand and sixteen and a lot of what caused Trump was the fact that for eight years, a black man was our president mm-hmm. and it scared the hell out of a lot of white people oh yeah, it scared the hell out of a lot of white people um, and then there's a pushback from it uh, and and for oh, go ahead, actually go ahead, yeah and, and that pushback uh, started in a, in a lot of ways with Trump because once he got in there, that empowered that ideology. Yeah. That empowered um, uh, the things that he was saying. And I've got Mexican blood in me. And when he announced in his first speech that all Mexicans are rapists, he slapped me right in the face right off the bat. I I didn't like him well before he ever announced. I didn't like him during Apprentice. I didn't Mm -hmm. like him way back in the day. I've never, he's always uh, felt and smelled sleazeball to me. Um, So. It, and once he ran for president, and then he dropped that bomb on his opening speech, I was like, no, no, the, this, this cannot happen, because if it does, I called it then. Because if it does, it's going to empower racism in our country, and he's not going to make America great again. He's going to make America hate again. And that's exactly what's happening before our very eyes. Now, the interesting thing, I think, is that uh, – they're outing themselves. Yeah. They're outing they're themselves and the they're not off. even wearing hoods anymore. No, they're with taking the little off. little tiki torches from Menards. Yeah, they're taking they're taking
1: the hoods off and it's it, and and that's also the the scariest thing is that they're that they're um, so emboldened that they're so emboldened that they they don't want to hide and that um you know for for me of, of like you say of, of someone who the president has talked down on on a, a race if it's been Mexicans or if it's been um, African Americans, or just immigrants, all in general. Which you take everybody who's kind of like not white, and even people that are white have, like you say, some of that descent. But it's it's it, it really is, and especially for me as a young person, is it's it's eye awakening of like what this country or how people really feel about race. Um, and you know, we talk about it, and we have conversations about race and Ferguson. You know, we plenty of conversations. I was at, but. To now have somebody in a position of power that's taking this, you know, wand and saying, you know, let race drive all yeah. your hatred. It,
0: it's another thing that's interesting to me is the religious aspect of him, the religious aspect of him, because um, he could say something that, that's uh, extremely racist, but then appeal to that religious uh, e- evangelical sect of our our society. And in that, it's even scarier, because um that not only can it be well hidden, but you can have people of color who are evangelicals, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they're they're not only voting against their own best interest, but they're trickling this down to the people who look up to them um and and obviously voting against their own best interests but the the religious aspect of it is the serious thing to me because. Not ever, not ever in my life did I ever hear Donald Trump mention the Holy Bible once until he ran for president. Mm. And now all of a sudden he's, he's Mr. Super Christian or uh, yeah, extremely religious uh, when he doesn't abide by anything. He says he's Christian. He's not at all Christ-like. If you read any of the Bible, you would know that. So he, he can't be the things that. He's, how did he fool people like that, man?
1: I, I don't. I think people just they, they just made an exception for him. Like even with the whole Russia and 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 him hanging out with North Korea. Like you know, <laughs> eight years ago when Obama did that, they was like, oh my God, how dare him? you meeting with all our, uh, our our enemies and you know people have done horrible things of the country, and then when President Trump does it's like, oh, he deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. I think it's just people, like you say, are just so fed up and tired, or or fed up of, of a man, a black man that was in power and don't care. You know, there's, they're, they're new champions here, um, and it, it's scary because of, there's nothing that, I mean, even with the whole stuff that's going on with separations of family, his poll ratings barely move, it's like almost nothing he can do that. His base will not be not all his base because I know the farmers are getting pretty pissed off with him. But as know, well, they should be. They they should be, especially Missouri is actually having a, a back effect on him, which hopefully it happens and happens to turn out to be in 2020. Wow. But uh, it's <laughs> it's uh it, it's it's crazy. It's cra- It's scary, and it it, and it makes me think also the things we're doing in our base. If it's really because we we have to feed there's anger right now that we need to feed that but is is that really we need to feel that feed that like we need to make sure that people that are angry that feel like you know the president is is attacking them and 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 pulling back their rights like we as a party should be trying to um, focus focus on that and uplift that but it's it's almost (laughs) is that really making an outcome on what he's doing because everything he seems to do it's like nothing hits them, like his approval, nothing, it's, it's so, it's scary to think of where we are right now, and even how the media, you know, the media on Fox, we already, we always knew Fox and Friends are like, super horrible, and, honestly,
0: until 2016, I didn't realize how bad they were,
1: oh yeah, they they ramped it up, I didn't it's realize like how bad they were, Fox News is on steroids now, yeah, it's, and they're not holding back, and it's like, Sean Hannity no breaking interest news. In truth and honesty.
0: They have no interest in integrity. It's funny he don't call that the fake news, and that's like the. Yeah, that is the most fake news. Yeah. Like literally, they they've done studies on this thing, and their their uh, accuracy is at, at around like twenty eight percent or something, or thirty two percent. It's really low. Sometimes, and I, then I,
1: he, I watch. It dreads me. It dreads me to do it, but I watch just to see how like. Crazy! these people are like the first five minutes of Hannity's show is just like that's all you need right there of craziness
0: yeah yeah and, and we watch it and we're guilty of it as well but that's more almost opposition research yeah. I want to see what they're telling their fan base um, in order to be able to, to counter that because I know that there are large swaths of people who are in my district who are watching that and I want to be able to to uh, Tell the truth of the lies. Be honest yeah. about those things. Yeah, I want to be able to counter those mm-hmm. those lies at the door um, with facts and with evidence mm-hmm. and, and be able to back up my, my story when they're not backing theirs up uh, and they can call themselves Fox News and be an entertainment company. Um, <laughs> like it, It's a scary time we're living in, Rushing. Yeah. It is a scary time. Um, so you... Went from, from activism into the Democratic Party. Um, but somewhere along the way, you became uh, fifth ward alderman?
1: Oh, fifth ward committee man. There yeah, you go. Yeah. There you go. Fifth ward so, committee man. Uh, it was it was kind of during Ferguson that woke my eyes up to, you know, we were out protesting in Ferguson trying to also use some of that energy to politics and trying to get, you know, some folks on the council board because at the timing mean, there was – think one person of color on the Ferguson City Council. Majority of uh, Ferguson is African American, one side of South Floristons where majority uh, white folks live and then on West Florissant, is majority of the black community lives but on the city council board there was one so we kind of shifted our energy with trying to help get some folks elected that's actually when Wesley Bell was um, first elected back um, a little after the uprising and he was him and Ella Jones and another African American member were the first uh, three elected on that board of people of color. But I looked at I was looking at um, uh, I was looking at Ferguson and everything that was going on and we talked a lot about representation in Ferguson and all of that. And then I looked back in my own community and, you know, I seen that, yeah, you know, it was it was people that was of color and black, so you would oh you're getting represented but that doesn't when people say representation I think that's one element of it um, it's also doing for the neighborhood and, and doing for the community um, and it was one family from committee man to committee woman to alder woman all the way up to state rep that had control of the whole ward so um, I looked and I was like I, you know I'm happy to be out here in Ferguson but I need to be trying to make some change in my own community and um had some meetings with folks in the neighborhood said we need to do something about that but we also need to create a neighborhood organization um the organization kind of fell off but we ended up deciding that me myself was going to run as committee man megan betts would run as committee woman and along the way uh found out bruce franks was running for state rep quick funny story about that we met in ferguson but me and bruce really never had too much of a relationship um, until there was a protest that took place uh, for Von Derrick Myers at off of Market Street down at the courthouse, and I seen Bruce's uncle talking to the police officers, and you know it's Ferguson, everyone's really intense and angry, and emotions are running wild. So I seen this uncle talking police officer, and I'm like, that that guy right there, he's a traitor. He's he's working with police. And someone go and told Bruce is like, he's talking about your uncle and. Uh, Bruce come over and was like, you know, that's my uncle you're talking about. And I'm like, I don't care. He's talking to police. He's a traitor or whatnot. And me and Bruce, like, had some words. And it's funny now because, you know, that's that's like my big brother. And, um, you know, we ran this whole fight together against uh, the establishment where we had to take, you know, our race. Not only did we have to challenge the board of elections, um, we also had to challenge the people that we were running against and had to take our race to court.
0: Which um, was who? Let's name names. Let's, yeah, talk, yeah, about yeah. Let's I talk about w- it.
1: Let's talk about it. Uh, so Bruce ran against uh Pence, former state rep Penny Hubbard. Uh she also was a committee woman. Rodney Hubbard Junior uh Rodney Hubbard senior was a committee man and his daughter Tamika Hubbard was an alder woman. So it was they had it wrapped up in the bag, but and this was kind of a Saint Louis dynasty. It, calling it what are... it, it's a Saint Louis dynasty. It's very known in Saint Louis if it's, you know, the Hubbard's um and all families are not always the same, but the Hubbards, the Villas, the Oldenburg, or the Villas, the um the Bosleys, the uh, the Con Conways, you know, the, these families have been in Saint Louis for a while. Sleigh, so, um it it's kind of a thing in Saint Louis to be like pass the tiki torch shown to your 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 family member, um which if, if you're doing for the neighborhood, that's one thing. I don't think you need to have complete control either. You know, if it's, you know, two siblings, okay, or something like that. But when you have complete control over one community because you feel your family can do it best, this is not like a dictatorship. So uh, we took both of our races to court. Historically uh, challenged both of them and won both of them.
0: Now yours for the fifth ward committee man and Bruce's for the 78th. 78th uh, state, 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 state house. Yep, yep, okay. yep. Um, and,
1: yeah, mine's was uh, the day of November 7th of 2016 or November 6th, a general election. So mm-hmm. while everyone was, you know, Sad because we lost across the state house, and Donald Trump was elected. (laughs) You were ecstatic. I I was, I was celebrating, and uh, but it it, that was
0: that was
1: that was a tough fight, you know, to 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 lose by fifty four votes, and to you know take it to court, take it to court, challenge it, win. It's. It it, it it means even more to now, them. How
0: were you able to explain to everyone how you were able to take that to court? What was the impropriety that, that came about then?
1: So living in the neighborhood, you know, I knew of the Hubbards just because I grew up in the community my whole life. I knew of the Hubbards and I knew of the absentee um, game that they play. When they're in elections, absentees spike up to about 60%. When they're not, they're hovering about 24 18%. So... Um, you know, talking with Bruce and Megan, was like, hey, we should probably get above this curve. So we got an attorney and tried to get information from the Board of Elections, but the Board was like, uh-uh, we're not giving you no information because of relationships, cahoots, whatever, right? So they wouldn't give it to us all the way leading up to the court. So the courts, like, said that you had to give them that information. But so it got subpoenaed. It got subpoenaed. <laughs> they literally would not give it to us until it got subpoenaed, but we were able to take them um, to court on um, – absentee irregularities that um, absentees were not done in the proper way that they should have been done in and also stories of individuals saying that they were approached by um, the campaign directly a community a, a worker of the campaign directly to help get the absentee process started and to actually like vote during that whole process in which you can help somebody fill out for absentee application but when it comes to Assisting nobody from a candidate's campaign can do that um, aspect of it. So uh, it was about 102 or 4 votes, uh, absentee ballots, that was not done correctly um, that came directly out of the same area. Um, right around the corner, like four or five from one home. So, so it
0: ended up that you actually won by, like, 50, right?
1: It, <laughs> probably even more than that. Uh, yeah. The second time we won by a landslide, so thanks yeah. to all the people in the neighborhood that believed
0: in me and so in the campaign. It, just to to be clear, so then it pushed it to a special election. Yep, so um, then it pushed it to
1: um, a special election, which they tied my election to the general election um, because my court case ruling was probably two weeks after Bruce's. Um, Bruce's. It, Bruce's had to be done earlier because of um, mm-hmm. dim, the committee man's just a party position, or party seat, so we don't have a general election. It's just in August. But with Bruce's, he had to go to the general as the nominee to figure out who would be the nominee, so he had to have it sooner to get the official nominee. Mine's was, I had a little bit more timing where I could um, if I wanted to take it to court and challenge it or not. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. And then after I won, I become, became the youngest African American Democratic committee man in St. Louis history.
0: Is that what landed you the uh, a young Dem, I, uh, I, young
1: Democrat of the year? I'm still trying to figure that out. The way that that happened, also a quick story, was kind of cool. Is so mm-hmm. I have never, oh. I had never met Stephen, and um, maybe three months before then, you know, he hit me up and was like, "Hey, I want to talk to you about." St. Louis committee stuff, you know, Democrat committee stuff. So me and him sit down, we're talking about central committee, Fifth Ward stuff, and then he asked if I was going to the Truman dinner. I'm like, no, nah, those tickets are, you know, expensive. I, I, don't, you know, I don't, I can't pay for them.
0: That's why I didn't go. Yeah, yeah,
1: they're they're, they're kind of, you know, two fifty pop if you can find a sponsor. <laughs> just saying, you know. So, but and then Rosetta, two weeks later, um, hit me up. Rosetta Okenzer, uh, good friend, um, hit me up. Was like, hey, you want a ticket to the Truman dinner? I was like, yeah, I want to go, but I don't have any money, so I can't pay you. She's like, don't worry about it. I got you. Just, you know, if you can go, make sure. And then it was That's all cool. part of the bigger setup to surprise me uh, with Democrat of the Year. So
0: that was. I, well, now you heard why we weren't there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. But congratulations, babe. Yeah, yeah. right? Congratulations thank you, thank you, in person. Yeah. Um, let, let's plug the office again Missouri Democrat uh, No, let's plug the website MissouriDemocrats.org yeah, yeah. You can definitely go there You can also, if you're a candidate Or if you're thinking about being a candidate Check out traineddemocrats.org I do believe it is uh, And if that's not right You can go ahead and Google it Just Google trained Democrats, And you can get in there um, You gotta sign up and all that good stuff But they've got some great resources Great materials on there um, The office here You can stop in. Uh, I'm going to let you plug that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at 3332 North 19th Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3332
1: North 19th Street. Uh, What are the
0: hours and all that?
1: So, Tuesday through Thursday, we're here from uh, 12 to 8. Uh, Friday, we're here at 9 to 5, and also Saturday, 9 to 5. But if you reach out to me, my cell phone number is 314-704-5007. Say hey, you want to do an early bird canvas and you want to come in like at 10 to get a packet to go out at 11 during Tuesday and Thursdays, you shoot me a call, I'll easily be able to come to the office. We can make that happen. You know, this is a people's office. If you want to have an event here, uh, we have two sides of the office. We're trying to make this accessible to everybody, make this a place that folks can use it to hold meetings. The high school young Dems have their meetings here, uh, mobilized and done an event here, so...
0: Uh, this and is a way we're gonna win. For the most part, it's grassroots. They're taking furniture donations. If you've got file cabinets, if you've got uh, tables, desks, things of that sort, they would love to have it. Um, what are some other things you guys might need?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, always snacks, too. We uh-huh. can go uh-huh. wrong with snacks. Uh, big fan of snacks over big here. Big fan of snacks. Um, um, Water. Uh, you guys for, got a fridge freezer? We got a fridge. So when canvases go out, I usually try to keep that stack of water because it's hot right now. Literally, a guy Steve, uh, who's a super volunteer, was in about an hour ago to get a packet to head out. So just trying to make sure we keep water in there so folks don't fall out. But uh, you any, guys have a freezer? We don't have a freezer. We just they need a freezer. We just they need got a freezer a because
0: we need popsicles for yes. our volunteers. Yes. this is important.
1: Yes, um, and any other thing if it's just like pack of pencils or whatever. But please come by the office. Just you know, come check it out if you want to see it. This is going to be here for at least a year. We're trying to uh, make sure that um, it's going to be here beyond the year. But we want to make sure that it was going to be guaranteed a year. So. Uh, we're doing the work, and we're trying to make sure that folks are part of the table as we're doing the work. Because only way we're going to win,
0: like my brother said, is if we do it together. That's exactly right. We got to organize. We got to mobilize. We got to make things happen. They're not just going to happen for us. No, no blue wave or, or any type of wave is going to happen on its own. Uh, we're going to have to make that happen, and we're going to have to make that happen as a collective, yep. together. Um, before we get out of here, make sure that you check out Next Gen Dems. You can check it out on iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, uh, podcast.com even. And we are also in the twitters in Twitterverse as NXT Gen Dems. Go like and follow right now. Go like and follow. Check it out. Um, and, and let us know if we uh, could be doing things a little different. Give us some feedback on how you'd like to see things. Uh, if you want a different host... We might not be able to work that out, but Chrissy from time to time, uh, the wonderful Chrissy Wilde, has been uh, a stand-in for hosting duties. Um, she did a all-woman's panel not long ago. That and was gonna amazing. Be, I we're going to be doing more of those, too, okay. where Chrissy hosts the thing, and uh, I just do the behind-the-scenes role like this, but I'm not going to hold the phone for an entire uh, live Video. Uh, I'll get a, a tripod. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You be got be some careful. careful on you. She,
1: they may be like, "We want Chrissy. We want Chrissy." If you have her too, you know, in front
0: of the camera too much. Is that like, great? So that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Totally okay. <laughs> Um, and there's a lot of people that are, are really excited about the show. I'm glad that it's back. I'm glad that you were our big return episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, tell, tell about your particular, your personal uh, social medias and all that. Yeah, and that that's you, twice. <laughs> that happened twice. So the, these chairs, uh, my daughter thinks, are rocking chairs, and she just keeps uh, knocking them in the floor. I wish you could see her face right now. She got her hands on her hip like, Dad,
1: you shouldn't be telling this. <laughs> and you- the
0: last time that she did it, she jumped up, looked at me, and goes, Well yeah, (laughs) Uh, You you could could follow These chairs were on three legs legs? If those chairs were on three legs You probably wouldn't be able to sit in them But uh, back to the show You can check out the Missouri Democratic Party On Twitter at MoDemParty You can check out their website At MissouriDemocrats.org uh, and on Facebook at Modem Party as well. Uh, my personal is Curtis Wild. You can check that out. You can go to Wild for Rep. I'm running for state representative in District 107 uh, in the Missouri State House against Representative Nick Schroer, who I am now officially calling, calling the Prince of PAC Money. Um, and he earned it in not this uh, this previous quarter, but the quarter before that. He had all pack money. There was one individual. There was one human being that donated. The rest was all Pag money. Yeah. So I called him the Prince of Pag Money. Um, District 107, reach out to me, wowforthepeople.com. Next Gen Dems is all over uh, in all social media platforms. And I definitely think that you should download it on... Uh, iTunes because that's the easiest way to really listen to it as you're going down the road as you're hanging out because we don't do short episodes here we really sit down we chit chat we have a conversation and uh, we talk about the the important things that are important to you so check us out next gen dems come into the office visit Rasheen 32, 32 30, 33, 33 32, 32, 32 north, north 19th street, street. Right here in St. Louis. So we look forward to you guys coming in. We look forward to you guys getting involved. Mobilize, organize, and make this thing happen, guys. Thank you. This has been Next Gen Dems, and I'm your host, Curtis Weil. And this is Rasheen Aldridge. See you guys.